0: Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner.
1: This is episode number 408, Jeannie Bird. How Your Gut Influences Your Love Life. Hey everybody, I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love, and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves. In life and in love and speaking of woman of value my book becoming a woman of value how to thrive in life and love was recently published and it's available on Amazon in Kindle and in paperback so go grab your copy of becoming a woman of value this week's tip on becoming a woman of value is be vulnerable This is one of the most important and most difficult things that we do in relationship. And I was talking to a client today about the importance of not just staying in our thoughts when we're on dates. We have to really bring more of our vulnerability and what that might look like is sharing that you're a little nervous about getting together with this person or you know, sharing some fears, sharing some passions, sharing that you really are confused about something and getting curious. Being vulnerable instead of feeling like you have to come all perfect to every date and every relationship is really the key to developing the true intimacy that most of us are desiring. So my challenge to you this week is to be more vulnerable, see how you can interject vulnerability into conversations, not just in romantic in, the, in your romantic life, but in all your relationships. And you might be pleasantly surprised at how deep your relationships become and how much more interesting they become as well. And before I bring Jeannie on to the show, I just want to let everybody know that I have a fantastic Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And we are a group for women 40 and up who are looking to have healthy, happy, long-lasting relationships. It is a place that supports your personal growth, your ability to communicate and show up and stand up and speak up as a woman of value. So join our group, Your Last First Date. And now for my guest, Jeannie Bird. She Mm -hmm. is a calling in the one coach. She has an international coaching practice and she guides her clients to fall in love with themselves as the foundation for calling in the greatest love they could have she helps them remove any barriers to love and fully embrace their worth to become magnetic to their desired partner she has just completed her master's of science degree in health coaching and nutrition and she has launched her signature program healthy love which includes creating self-care practices to design the body and love life you want so there is no hesitation when your beloved comes knocking at your door. Welcome to the show,
0: Jeannie. Thank you, Sandy. I'm just so excited to be with you here today. I'm just thrilled and just love what you're up to. And boy, that vulnerable piece is really appropriate right about now in this time of covid (laughs)
1: it's so much so. It's so true. And I it feels like our our missions align. And so I'm really excited for this conversation. Me too. Let's start with our gut, our nutrition. You know, this whole show is about how that affects our love life. So how what is what does the gut have to do with it?
0: Right. (laughs) Great question. Okay, so the gut is actually the seat of our immune system. And 80% of any disease we could ever contract begins in the gut. So most of us don't really know this as a fact and also don't know that your mood, whatever mood you're in, is directly impacted to your gut, by your gut. Your gut is determining how you feel at any given moment because the microbiome is um, attached to the vagus nerve, which begins in the gut and goes up to the brain and then comes back down around the backside of the body through what we call the vagus nerve. That's, that is the delivery system of all the information, food and the processing of the food and how your particular microbiome likes it or doesn't like it, therefore impacting your mood. So just a, a real basic bottom line simplistic analogy is you know let's say you're a woman who's you know committing to call in her beloved and she sets her intention that you know with a date and everything and she's going for it but then oddly enough she winds up sitting on her couch night after night after night eating Hogan dust, you know and So where is the integrity of that? Where's the alignment of that? You know, we have a problem. And so then as she continues to eat the ice cream, it's sort of dulling her senses and dulling her energy level and putting her by about an hour out in kind of a depressed state because of the sugar. So she's not going anywhere. She's not getting off that couch. And there goes the intention. So we're talking about in healthy love, aligning with so much commitment And working on self-love practices and your desire to be healthy and thrive in this relationship that you're trying to create as being, you know, the driver of your life, actually.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense. I think that um, I I totally notice it in people when they eat certain foods and they get really grouchy or snippy snappy. Um, I, you know, and I think people don't realize also that whatever is going on inside is reflected outside. And so mm-hmm. even, so say you go on a date and your mood is kind of sluggish and ick and ugh, another date, but you're trying to be nice and connect. And you think the guy doesn't notice that you're, that you're really not into this. And what they don't realize is that men really pick up on our signals. So yeah, can you speak to that a little bit about how what how we kind of leak out this this mood into the world, even though we think we might not be?
0: Well, I think it's that uh is more in alignment with the work that I do with Catherine Woodward Thomas, and that's what Healthy Love is, a blend of the transformative and intrapersonal work along with the interpersonal work. So, you know. When I I coach people, I make sure when I'm talking to them about dating that they have finished the practices that we teach them in terms of their work with themselves and their inner child before they go out on a date so that they are living, breathing, exuding all the energy of their essence. You know the truth of who they are loving themselves so that is an energetic that is just so obvious for people to pick up on and they won't know exactly what's going on but all they know is they're leaning in because they're interested right so I think when we go out on on dates women have to be very very aware of you know like I say who's talking is it your adult resourceful self talking is she ready you know, she's ready to meet the charge? Or is this your younger, scared seven-year-old or 10 or 13, you know, who's running the show? And therefore, the energy from that consciousness that you exude is not going to be favorable on that date.
1: Yeah, and that, that's such an important topic. So let's let's go a little deeper into that. So Many people don't resolve past wounds. They do bring that little scared child or the woundedness. And I mean, I've been on phone calls with men who immediately start talking about their wounds. You know, let me tell you about all the bad things that happened to me and the medication I'm taking and my addiction to food and this and that. And it's just like, wait a minute, this is really not very sexy.
0: But it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> no, a little right. TMI to begin. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. Oversharing, boundary crossing, lots of different things. Yes. But there is a tendency to want to kind of put your wounds on the table and connect with like my wounds, connect with your wounds and my little child connects with your little child. And we're not connecting from this adult resourceful self. I love that term. And so why do, why do people do that?
0: because they don't understand that who they're being is not really who they are. You know, they don't understand that they have unconsciously been orchestrating their lives from this, well, we, we call it a, a an identity, a false identity. Um, like, let's say I'm, I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough or I'm not safe or I'm alone. You know, these are unconscious strategies that we as younger people develop when we're growing up um, based on whatever the influence of our caregivers, teachers, siblings, whatever was that made su- such an an imprint in our psyche that we f- formed this identity of say like one of, you know, I'm, I'm alone. So in your efforts and desire to be part of a group, to uh, be in a couple, to be in a you know any kind of a group setting meetings or whatnot uh, if you if your energy is like this just pushing away the very thing you're trying to attract you know you probably have an I'm alone where it was safer for you to be alone growing up and to isolate and to not try to be part of a group based on whatever happened to you so we unconsciously make the meaning that we are you know, I'm going to be alone forever. That's just it. You know, I can't get the love I need. You know, people don't want to be with me, but in reality you are the one creating this preemptive strike to make sure that people don't get close. So talk about energy. That's an energy that you're exuding, which is like, don't get near me. You know, so that's from the I'm alone consciousness.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. I, I yeah. think, you know, the guardedness is so big in the dating world. And even in terms of flirting, you know, flirting can feel really vulnerable and scary to people. So what would you say to someone who has those guards up, who who really wants to connect, but is just constantly putting up the walls and don't don't get too close?
0: Well, I would recommend working with me so that we (laughs) can go through go through all of those uh wounds if you will and get clarity on them you know we're in the business of clarity here we're trying to make the unconscious conscious so that we can take that put it on the operating table and pick it apart and look at you know the past for the for the sake of organizing around the future look at the past long enough and help the person transform out of that old identity and settle in, in their new skin, if you will, their new realization of who they really are and not allow the past to have the final say in their future. So that would take a process. I usually try to encourage people not to be dating when they're working with me in this particular modality of calling in the one and healthy love too because it is a combo you know, preparing for your love. But if you're dating and swiping your apps and very, very busy and trying to do this really deep transformative work, it more, more than likely won't stick. So assuming that that person uh, has now done their inner work, you know, with anybody who's into this work, then they're ready to start flirting and to be able to make eye contact with somebody In a very direct way and hold the gaze. And I always say six seconds, which feels like 60 years, you know, (laughs) but to make eye contact and look at somebody and that six seconds, I think, who was it? Um, Alison Armstrong, I remember hearing this about 15 years ago from her saying that, you know, you can initiate a look and hold that look and that gaze. And then you wait to see if you're approached. But you have initially made that contact with your courage to look somebody in the eye and to make a connection and then what they do with it, you know. So that's what I, I, that really holds true to me. I've, I've worked with women that have had great success, even though they are scared, 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 but their commitment to their future, is stronger than their local local feelings of self-consciousness.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that so many people are afraid to look at people, you know, it's and to make eye contact. And it's been interesting during corona because I'm a very friendly, outgoing person when I walk. I always make eye contact and I talk to people. And I found that even in our friendly neighborhood here, a lot of people were keeping to themselves and walking on one side of the street. And so it's, it's also important to understand the circumstances can sometimes dictate how people act. It's not necessarily, it's not about you. It's about the circumstance. And, and I think, you know, that kind of ties into when you make that eye contact and you let go of expectations, that it has to be a certain thing, right? He has to look back. He has to make a connection with me. And then you have a better outcome wouldn't you say
0: yeah no absolutely it you know i believe it's all about intention right everything i mean because we're talking about here sandy really creating a miracle in love right we're creating a miracle for ourselves so we're stepping out of this false identity so if i'm always alone how can i really create a miracle of love when i'm alone right so we have to do the work to Step into our true identity and declare that this shall be so with a really strong intention that we now have to make choices and take actions and live into that intention. You know, it's like with, you know, you're right. It's remember the days of, I don't know if you ever were raised this way, but you know, where you gave up chocolate for Lent or gave up something for Lent. You You said, okay, I'm going to do this for like, yeah, the whole, the whole months or whatever. And then, of course, Nobody's looking, you know, you take that piece of chocolate, you know, it's so too with our intention, we'll make a choice that is out of alignment with our intention that will keep us further away from our goal of happy, healthy love. And, you know, we all do it, but we just have to, okay, forgive ourselves. All right, sweetheart, let's get back up on the horse. And now we can make a new choice now. So it's about living into your intention in thought, word, and deed. So that brings you closer because it's never going to happen otherwise. Right. So we have to get rigorous and we have to make a commitment to ourselves. And I think that most people have a big problem with making a commitment to themselves. They'll commit to everybody else on the planet, but to themselves, no, let me just go have some ice cream. (laughs) Right. I was just talking to my son in law about
1: this. Like, why? why coaching is so successful is because people are accountable to their coach. They're accountable, like I have accountability partners who I commit to. And that's how I got my book, you know, written and published because otherwise you make other things more important. So keeping your word. And also I would say that When you keep your word, you're going to attract in more people who keep their word, because there's so much flakiness out there, people who are not following through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right? (laughs) Yes, yes. I love that. That is, that's really wonderful. I love the way you phrased that. Mm. Yeah, keeping our word, being in integrity with our word. Mm -hmm. Like we, you know, somebody knows that if you say you're going to do something, you are right there. There's so much... There's so much good in that, you
1: know? Yeah, and I love that you also brought up to forgive yourself if you, if you make a poor choice, if you get out of alignment. And I think the other piece of this is to recognize when you're out of alignment. I, I watch my son who um, really tries to live in alignment with his values, and every once in a while when he makes a choice that he decides something too soon, and it's not really for him. It's a people pleasing. Yes. Yes. You know, he feels it right away and he starts to like, he's having like an inner battle. I can see it until he makes right with what's going on for him because he has to live with himself. And not everybody has that level of awareness, but when you do, you can quickly get there. And, and just, I think what people often do is they beat themselves up. So if, yeah. Is there? If, do you have any tips for people who are stuck in that loop of, you know, why did I do this? And then they go spiral, it's like you, you have that first bite of ice cream, and now I'm going to yeah. eat the whole pint. <laughs> right <laughs>
0: back to Hagenbachs because why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've already screwed up. So what, what's another few scoops going to matter? You know, but it does matter. It really matters. So I think, you know, tips again. Um, would be uh, learning in this work to be able to identify what your feelings are so that you, if something happens and you go, um, you know, off the deep end that you can uh, check it just like you're saying, like your son will know it by what he's feeling in his body. Your body will tell you. So if you understand your feelings this is what we do in the work: is to get clear on what your feelings and needs are. We call it developing emotional intelligence, so that again you're you're clear about in your who's talking, <laughs> who's talking, my adult resourceful self or, or my little kid, um, and how and who's running the show. Is my little kid running the show, and therefore I'm off to the races with my ice cream or my pizza, and you know not wanting to follow through on my commitment to myself, or I'm not going to, you know, check my online profile and also instigate connecting with men instead of waiting for the inbox to get full. You know, it's that type of thing. So, but you can feel it in your body. So if you are aware of what your feelings and needs are and can name them, then you can also connect to, well, what's that feeling like in my body? Where does that live in my body? Is it my solar plexus? Is it my throat? You know, is it my heart? And so when that happens again, and it will, you have worked with yourself enough to recognize it. Oh, it went there again, you know, and just soothing that part of yourself. I got it, but I'm right here. No shame, no blame. Let's just move on, you know. So it's that amount of what we call transformative self-talk, self-soothing, to be able to talk yourself off the ledge without shame or blame, recognize, oh, it's happening again. You know, it's like a bad movie, keeps happening over and over again, you know? So that's the way that you can develop this awareness of yourself. Because yeah, most people don't even know what they're feeling no. most of the time, right? So we try to really stick with what the feeling is as a feeling, not a thought. Like the thought might be, No, I'm really pissed off that that guy didn't call me. That's a thought. But what's the feeling behind that? I feel abandoned. I feel rejected. I feel skipped over. You know, those are the feelings underneath what happened. You know, so becoming aware of those feelings is increasing your own um, consciousness so that you can start to trust your own intuition to help you make choices and create healthy boundaries that keep you safe and also inspire you to take risks when it's appropriate. I absolutely love everything you just shared because
1: knowing how to set those boundaries requires us to know ourselves, to know who we are, what we need, what we feel, connecting to the body. I mean, this is all, this is big work, you know. So anybody who's listening, this is not something you do overnight. And I can still remember as I was divorcing, and I've shared this on the show before, but my husband finally had a wake-up call because I was serious about leaving after 23 years. And he went and got support for his emotional health and learned how to communicate his feelings and needs. And so he learned the nonviolent communication method. Right. And he now teaches it, which is so ironic because he became like an empathy expert and developed a labyrinth that you can walk. And on that labyrinth, you can identify what am I feeling? What am I needing? And what request do I want to make of myself or somebody else? But we have to first get all the other crap out of the way, like all the judgments and the I will never, you always, you're this, you're that. And that's where most of us live. You know, what a jerk. You know, how are you feeling? I am, I'm feeling like he should never have done that. (laughs) That's actually not a feeling. And so that's where most people live in that space of just not even knowing what's happening inside. And so what you just shared is, is gold, because if people can, tune in to what am i feeling what am i needing then we can start to set those boundaries then we can start to speak up from a conscious adult self you know, right not this exactly. little angry wounded <laughs> piss up guards up person yeah. and that's that's when everything opens up
0: yeah that's beautiful that's profound what you just said sandy and i think one of the other things that you just said too that uh sparked me is that um You know, people are blaming. It's not their fault. Blame, 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 you know. But in our work, it's actually in Catherine's work of conscious uncoupling, which I'm also a certified coach in um, and work very heavily in that area. Uh, But anytime in life, whether you're consciously uncoupling or recoupling, but just in life, it's like taking responsibility for your part. So we say in conscious uncoupling, what's your 3%? If it's 97%, percent your ex-partners. The 3% is what is going to set you free, being able to understand, you know, what was my part? Who was I being doing this relationship? You know, how did I contribute to the misattunement of the relationship? So that you can become aware of it and then transform it so that you don't bring your past into your next relationship because you've taken care of that, you've learned about how you were the source of your own experience. And that's pretty much the, the foundation of all of the work that I do is that we are, we're never victims and we are the source of our own experience.
1: Mm. One of the, um, the rules or the guidelines in my Facebook group is that we don't label people, we are not victims, we are kind to each other and we don't allow the use of words like he's a narcissist or you know, And just to kind of try and diagnose people who you don't even know, you know. And so I did a whole video on it with my boundaries course co-leader yesterday because I wanted them to understand why it hurts us to just stay in this place of righteous indignation and anger and hatred towards an ex who was displaying maybe narcissistic behaviors. It's it's unhealthy for us. And that 3% of I stayed in the relationship, there was something there that drew me in. I pushed red flags away, whatever it is that you can learn from this so that you don't repeat it is so, so important. And a lot of people take that as, well, you, you know, you're putting the blame on me and it wasn't my fault. And how could I be blamed for abuse it's not a blame thing. It's not, you know, he's right, you're right, you're wrong. It's, it's not a good person for you to be around. But right. you can recognize those traits early on. You can learn why were you so susceptible to somebody who abused, you know, and how can I be healthier in my love life? And that's, that's a much healthier way to look at love than just yeah, going around suspecting or holding on to anger and bitterness and putting those guards back up which is really what repels
0: love so absolutely spot on Um, and we are we're doomed to repeat it unless we evolve it so you know with all those red flags and ignoring them and uh, putting up with abuse and and not leaving you know the question that i would then turn to anybody who's in that situation is how are you abusing yourself how are you not there for yourself you know and more times than not it's going to be the intrapersonal relationship the relationship with you and you that is the reason why the relationship didn't work out because you were allowing it you know yeah. it's like we sometimes say there's you know you abandon yourself so much